0: We are looking forward to all the games this Thanksgiving week. We've got the biggest rivalry matchups, one of Dad's crazy scenarios, and a very special overtime guest with LSU Tiger Fitzgerald West Jr. There's so much to be grateful for this season. Take a deep breath with us. Now go get that third plate of Thanksgiving dinner. This is the football podcast. (laughs) This is the football podcast with Max and Dad. Here's your hosts.
1: Welcome to the podcast, guys. I'm Max. And
0: I'm Dad. First quarter. It's time for the recap. Starting off the recap this past Saturday, we had Oregon and Arizona State. Oregon was very businesslike as Bo Nix looked really good, throwing for six touchdowns against the Sun Devils in the first half. The Ducks have a big game this week against their interstate rival, and Nix will need to be on his A game if they want to get the W.
1: Oregon looks on fire, and this week, if they beat the Beavers, they'll clinch their spot in the Pac-12 championship, where they will rematch against the Washington Huskies. Next up, we had number 16 Utah at number 19 Arizona. Arizona yet again beats another top 25 team in the rankings. And if Oregon loses this week and Arizona wins, the Wildcats will be playing for a Pac-12 championship.
0: Arizona ran away with this game from the beginning as they jumped out to a 28-0 lead early in the second quarter. Utah was playing from behind and really couldn't get anything consistently going on offense to make it a game. Moving over to the SEC, we had number 2 Georgia at number 21 Tennessee. Now, I know all of us suffer from our own fanatical biases, but honestly, I'm a realist at heart. So as tough as it is for me to say this, the reality is Georgia is just too strong and has too much depth for all these teams they've played thus far. I do believe Alabama will match up better against them than anyone else they've faced all year, and that game will truly tell us just how good the Bulldogs are.
1: Yeah, Georgia slaughters another SEC team as they're looking forward to play some decent competition in the SEC championship game against Alabama. Next up, we had number 23, Kansas State traveling to Kansas. The Jayhawks looked like they were going to break this streak, but Kansas State got their mojo together in the fourth quarter, beating the Jayhawks on the road. Yeah, K-State extends this streak over Kansas to 15 years in a row. The Jayhawks
0: just fell short as they continued to build their program. And lastly, we had the game of the week, number 5 Washington at number 10 Oregon State. UW pulled off the 22-20 win. Michael Penix Jr. in that offense did just enough to get out of Corvallis with a victory. His Heisman odds took a hit as he only accounted for two touchdowns and the Huskies were held to their second lowest scoring output for the season.
1: Penix looked a bit rusty playing against Oregon State. But at the end of the day, he is still a Heisman contender. We'll see what the Huskies have to offer as they're most likely playing the Oregon Ducks again in the Pac-12 championship game. Second quarter.
0: It's time for another episode of Dad's Crazy Scenario.
1: Are you crazy? What do you have for us this week, Dad? I've got a plan. Okay,
0: think with me. What if if? all the undefeated teams lose their conference championship games? (gasps) this is crazy think about it in the sec an undefeated georgia loses to one loss alabama alabama in the big 10 a hungover ohio state or michigan loses to two loss iowa nah that can't happen in the pac-12 washington loses to a revenge-minded oregon i've seen worse this could easily happen because oregon only lost by three to them in the regular season game and in the ACC. A wounded Florida State loses to a one-loss Louisville team. It's quite possible. Is it really that crazy to think that all these schools could fall on the same weekend? This could throw everything into chaos.
2: Dun, dun, dun.
0: Glorious chaos. If it were to happen, I think the nation would be very upset with who got into the college football playoff. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> got <him. laughs> How far would everyone drop? And which teams would move up into the spots? What's happening? Would the entire top four be completely different? Did that go the way you thought it was gonna go? Nope. We will see what happens in less than two
2: weeks. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard.
0: Third quarter, predictions, rivalry week. I hate those guys. We've got two quarters of predictions. Because we've got a ton of games this week. Let's get right to it. Starting with a Thanksgiving Day matchup, the Egg Bowl. Rebels! Number 13, Ole Miss at Mississippi State, 7 p.m. Thanksgiving evening. This matchup is always like the Thanksgiving Turkey Bowl game between you and all your siblings and cousins. It's fun for you and your immediate family, but everyone else outside of your household couldn't care less about the outcome. With that said, the Rebels are nearly two touchdown favorites, and obviously the superior team. I say they cover that spread and win this one big.
1: I'm going with the Rebels. As much as I want to pick the Bulldogs, they have been getting beat by some powerhouse SEC teams. Give me Ole Miss. The
0: next day, we have Black Friday matchups,
1: and you don't want to miss these deals or games.
0: TCU at number 14 OU, kickoff at 12 p.m., one year removed from their national championship appearance, The Horned Frogs are fighting for bowl eligibility. I don't think they'll be going bowling this year. I'm taking OU
1: by two touchdowns. I'm taking the Sooners as well to beat the Horned Frogs by four touchdowns. Next up, we have number 16, Iowa, traveling to Nebraska. I'm going with Iowa. I feel like this is a great warm-up game to play before they face Michigan or Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship game. Yeah, these teams are somewhat evenly matched, Four of Nebraska's six
0: losses have been by seven points or less. And five of Iowa's nine wins have been by seven points or less. It looks to me that Iowa knows how to win the close ones. So I'm going with the Hawkeyes.
1: Up next, we've got a big SEC matchup game. We have number nine, Missouri, traveling to Arkansas. Missouri has been one of those underrated teams. Last week, they escaped with a victory against Florida. I'm taking Missouri big on this one.
0: Missouri has shown themselves to be a legit team this season. Arkansas has had success against teams from Florida, but Mizzou is not located in Florida, kids.
2: Just been in the mind of a genius.
0: I'm taking the Tigers over the lowly Razorback squad. Next up, we have Texas Tech going to number 7, Texas, at 7.30 p.m. kickoff. Texas should be laser-focused on this one. The Red Raiders beat the Longhorns last year, But they play in Austin this year, and I've got Texas with the victory.
1: I'm taking the Longhorns as well. If Texas beats the Red Raiders, I'm sure we'll have another battle between the Sooners and the Longhorns. But I'm not too worried about this matchup. Give me Texas. Next, we have Penn State traveling to Michigan State. Not wasting time here. The Nittany Lions have a better team overall. Give me Penn State.
0: Yeah, Penn State is the better team than Michigan State. The Nittany Lions will take this one in Lansing. Finally, the game of the day on Black Friday. We have number 11, Oregon State, going to number 6, Oregon. It's an 8.30 p.m. kickoff. Tell me who you got in this one, Max.
1: This will be a fun one. I think these teams are pretty even when it comes to defense. But offensive-wise, Bo Nix has been putting up ridiculous numbers this season. I'll take the Ducks in a close one. Yeah, this
0: is known as the Civil War a classic rivalry dating all the way back to 1894. Oregon State got the victory last year at home, and I'm going to take the Beavers again this year in Eugene with the upset. Fourth quarter. More predictions. What's your prediction? Saturday game day, we are going to start off with a huge one in the Iron Bowl, number eight Alabama at
1: Auburn. Tell me all about it, Max. The Tigers just came off their worst loss probably in program history. I'll take the safe choice and I'm going with the Crimson Tide, wiping the floor against Auburn. Yeah, Auburn came off a massive
0: home loss to New Mexico State. (laughs) (laughs) But I actually think that Auburn will compete with Alabama for about one quarter. Then the tide will roll to about a four-touchdown
1: lead and win really, really big. Next, we have the Kentucky Wildcats traveling to Louisville. Kentucky is looking for a massive upset away against the Cardinals. But for me, it's not happening. I'll take Louisville. Yeah, after starting the season
0: 5-0, the Wildcats have lost five of the last six games. The Cardinals are super hot. So hot right now. And they are trying to sneak into the college football playoff. I'm taking Louisville. Next up, we have a big game. Texas A&M travels to number 15 LSU, 11 a.m. kickoff. The Aggies are hurting with the exit of their head coach, Jimbo Fisher, and 760,000 Benjamins. The A&M defense and the 12th non-birthing person won't be able to stop Jaden Daniels and that LSU offense much. It's going to be a beautiful day, and the Tigers will roar.
1: I'm taking my Tigers, the Tigers of the SEC, LSU, taking a win in Death Valley to get that revenge from last year. Up next, we have the Apple Cup, Washington State traveling to Washington. For me, I think Washington State will put up a great fight against the Huskies. But I will say, Washington has been escaping some close calls, so I'll go with the Huskies by three.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure that the Washington State Cougars have what it takes to give the Huskies their first loss this season. I'm taking Washington to finish the regular season undefeated, heading into the rematch with Oregon. Next up in the Sunshine State, we have Florida State at the University of Florida. Losing Jordan Travis to a leg injury was tough enough for the Knowles. The Gators would love to spoil FSU's perfect season. They've had their own struggles all throughout this year. I'm taking the Knolls in a three point victory.
1: I'm actually going with an upset here as I'm taking the Gators to upset a top five team in Florida State. Give me the Florida Gators in the swamp. Finally, we have the game of the week. Number two, the Ohio State Buckeyes traveling to the big house to play number three, the Michigan Wolverines. The game is always the best game of the year by far. These two powerhouse teams are tough to face. And when they meet, you're just begging to see pure chaos. Michigan is coming off a surprising close victory against Maryland of all teams. And Ohio State is coming off of a beatdown against Minnesota. Looking at the teams that they face, it's going to be a close game. But I'm taking the Buckeyes to pull the victory against the Wolverines. I strongly believe
0: that this game will have some big implications that will actually affect this rivalry for years to come. If Michigan wins their third straight against OSU, I think they will have the edge for the next decade. I'm just not sure that the Wolverines fully have that mojo back from the Buckeyes' nearly two decades-long run of dominance in this rivalry. I'm respectfully taking the Buckeyes by three points in another close classic battle between these Big Ten Giants. We're going to overtime. So our special guest today hails from the great state of Louisiana. Uh, He is a two-time All-State lineman uh, from Lafayette Christian Academy, where he helped lead the team to four consecutive state title appearances and won the championship game three times. Please welcome to the football podcast, the humble beast himself, a former student of mine, LSU lineman number 68, Fitzgerald's West Jr. How y'all
2: doing? How y'all doing?
0: Great to have you on the show, Fitz. So, Fitz, um, we have a, just a few questions for you. What, uh, at what age did you uh, get started playing football, and what, what drew you to the sport?
2: Well, I started playing football at around well, I started playing tackle football at six. I played up I played up with the AU group. Um I had to actually sign a waiver to play uh play football because they wouldn't let a six year old play at first. Um, but I was big enough too. So yeah. what got me started playing football? Um, my godfather uh when I was born I always knew my Godfather to play football. I, I never really understood the significance of it, but uh, he played in the league for uh, a amount of time, Victor Riley. He retired, retired and all, so that was really my motivation to start playing football.
1: Awesome, yeah. Next question is, describe your experience being recruited out of high school. What schools showed interest, and what ultimately led you to choose LSU?
2: Um, I say being recruited out of high school is probably the most stressful, but most exciting thing you'll ever do. Um, between the coaches calling you every day and text you different edits, and then to the, to the going to different colleges, experiencing their different atmospheres. Um, I say it's, it's just, uh, it's a blessing for sure, like to, to experience all of that for sure, but the schools that show me the most interest—I say going up, going up till my commitment date—I say for sure, uh, SMU, LSU, and Tulane. That was probably the top three schools that were showing me the most interest, and I picked LSU because I mean I wanted to stay home. Mm-hmm. I wanted to stay close. Close, I wanted to uh, play for you know the home state, had to show on for
0: Louisiana. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's great. Fitz, who, uh, who are some of your coaches and teammates that influenced you the most, and how did they impact your development as a player?
2: I'm uh, talking about high school, right? Yeah, yeah, either, either so high wrong. school or
0: college. Yeah,
2: oh, yeah, um, for sure. Coach Tre Falk, that's that's my guy, and Coach Reggie Williams. That, those two really impacted me and molded me into the player I am and man I am today. Um, I pre, I forever have love for those guys. Like yeah. that's my that's my dogs. Um, and players who really influenced me. Um, I say one of my one of my close friends, Brennan Charles. Oh, he always always motivates me. To be my best, like he always was, one of those guys to be right behind you, or like you know, right behind you, clap before you ever step it away. Yeah.
1: What's your favorite memory or proudest moment from your football career so
2: far? My favorite memory would probably be uh, beating Alabama. That was, beating Alabama, and then the bowl game. And I'll say why I like the bowl game too. But beating Alabama, it's just like that's, that's an experience that I'll probably, you know, never get again. Just the, the, the atmosphere in that moment, like it was just unreal. Like the crowd, the storm in the field, like everybody coming up to you, just <laughs> hugging you, stuff like that. Yeah. That was just like a, that was a, a unreal experience. And I say the bowl game because that's really where, that's where I I probably played the most and had the most fun, too. Like, we had the whole week out there in Orlando. We got to see, like, the city of Orlando. Like, we went to the fun spot with the, uh, with the Boys and Girls Club. Um, we went to Universal Studios and stuff. And we also were practicing during that time, but we also had fun. So yeah. it was like a relaxation and also, like, we also played, and then some guys that don't get the opportunity, that don't get the opportunity most times to play, they were able to play and really make big, big plays too. Because one of our uh, walk-ons, uh, he got, he has the record right now for the longest interception in the bowl game, which was like ninety-nine. I think he caught it at the at the goal line and ran all the way back. Oh, that's cool. Like, and, and yeah, that was like it was just fun for
0: everybody. Very cool. Fitz, what lessons from playing football uh, would you think will stick with you for the rest of your life, even after
2: college? Um, there's there's so many, but um, I'll say a couple. I always, I always. There's one always hanging up um in the in the facility, and it says uh, you have to en- enhance before you embrace. So you have to enhance your situation before before you can embrace in it. Mm-hmm. I just like that saying a lot because once you think about that, like you really have to enhance your your situation before you can even embrace it. Like, how can you embrace your situation without enhancing it first? Yeah. And another one, I would say, with football, um, that that I would stick with was always work hard and whatever whatever you put in the work for is what you're going to come out to. If you don't put in enough work for it, yeah. you're not gonna amount to what you want. Yeah, and I'll always remember that.
1: Fitz, I have one more question. This week, you guys play the Texas A&M Aggies. What is your prediction going
2: into this game? Um, for the score prediction. I'll say a lot to the little, but uh, and and realistically, I say probably forty-two. So fourteen.
0: I like that score there. 12. I really do. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us, Fitz. Hey, as as usual, we uh, we give our guests the last words. So, tell us all what you might be having going on, or how we can follow you, or uh, to to figure out what you're doing. Oh, well,
2: you can follow me on Instagram at thetrenchking, the Trench King, T H E dot Trench and on Twitter at fitztheboss the Boss sixty eight. It was a pleasure having you. I mean, I was a pleasure uh, being on this podcast. I really enjoyed
0: it. Yeah, it's great, great having you, Fitz. Man, we're uh, we're rooting for you. We'll be we'll be continuing to watch you throughout the years. And uh, and like always, go Tigers. Go Tigers. Thanks for joining us this week follow us and click that notification button to know when new episodes drop each week this
1: is max and this is max's dad thanks for listening